You're listening to The Process, where we talk to some of the industry's most talented artists, including film, TV and game. From concept artists to previs to 3D animators and visual effects artists, we talk about a personal project of theirs and take a look at the work that went into them, as well as show an insight into the mind and workflow of each artist. For any visuals discussed in this episode, we've provided a link to images and videos should you need a bit more context. Or you can watch a video podcast on YouTube at Big Two Studios. Yeah, my name is Connor Buchanan. Uh, I go by Mortal Shores on uh, YouTube and social media. Um, I'm a 3D artist. I, I focus on filmmaking uh, as, you know, cinema kind of being a big passion of mine and 3D being a, uh, a uh, avenue that I've learned and, and found that helps me bring my ideas from, you know, conception to, to reality. And uh, I'm sorry, can you give me one second? Hey, Connor. Sorry about that, man. Hey, no problem at all. How many, how many kids have you got? I got four kids. Oh, nice, man. And you got an RTX Quadro in the corner. I'm just being extra nosy. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. So I'm sure that's... It's all meticulously uh, placed, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's uh, lend- lended itself to uh, some of your amazing projects that you've been working yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, I started uh, everything out on the uh, RTX 2060, which, mm-hmm. I mean, to this day, I would I would say is like still enough. I don't really have a background in any CG specifically. I mean, I've always been creative i would say for sure drawing uh music and things like that but uh prior to to learning unreal engine 5 which is what i i, I use and have used the last year uh you know you have an idea you put it down on a piece of paper you, you know, as an artist uh to a uh, small degree it's like i i couldn't really portray everything that i i was thinking just on paper yeah you know, I'm, I'm a decent drawer but not great and then music is only one aspect of a you know, telling a story or creating an idea uh, has no, you know, visual counterpart to it. So finding Unreal was like, uh, was pretty miraculous for me because it, from start to finish, I could literally create the environment, the, uh, you know, the atmospherics, the characters, everything uh, for an entire idea and put it right out in front of me. And that was, uh, that was what hooked me in there. That was about a year and a half, well, about a year ago, um, scrolling through YouTube, I was, Stay home dad, formerly a, a nuclear field engineer in nuclear construction. Um, my wife and I kind of just moved and I was staying home with the kids while we were just kind of figuring things out. And uh, I found an Unreal Sensei video about, you know, making a little uh, medieval uh, house in the forest. And that was it, man. Five hours of that tutorial and then the next tutorial and the next tutorial. And then, you know, I started to build a project and a year later, I'm doing work regularly in this and talking with people like you and it's crazy 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 that's amazing so i mean prior to this have you had any like 3d experience at all before before this uh just playing video games and (laughs) watching you know cinematics in world of warcraft going how how do i make how do you make these like this is incredible the game graphics are really you know great or at least were when you know things were released and and whatnot, but I, I remember seeing all the cinematics and just going like, "That's that is the part that I, I like." It Whoa. fascinates me. So, but no, I mean, no, no experience before it. Just watching and wondering how until it uh, felt kind of fell on my lap. Well, that's that is pretty. That's 
very impressive. And I mean, you, you've we, we today we're going to talk about um, these are like fifty second ish, cl- um, like short films that you've uh, created. Uh, and I guess we could start talking about the mage first. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's, uh, so that one is is a good example of uh, a completed project, which is mm-hmm. a rare beast to find uh, on my side of things because I, I am a serial project starter, uh, just by by nature of like having wanting to get ideas out, and then you know my nature of hyperfixation. Uh, so when it I like an idea and it comes to me and. I try to get it out. I tend to get it out and then continue without realizing realizing it, uh, continue to work on it for hours and hours. But anyways, yeah. the mage was, uh, it was uh, one that I wanted to keep concise, keep within constraints of time and set a goal to have it done. I was sick. Uh, it couldn't work, but I wasn't feeling sick enough to be in bed. And uh, I figured I'd use that time productively and try to get a branch out into an action sequence, which I had not done a ton of uh, before and uh, start to kind of test VFX out with, uh, mm. with Niagara and, and things in the engine. Yeah. So nice. And so how did it start? If you, if you picking up a project like this and you've got an idea for yourself, kind of um, how, how do you sort of, what's the starting process? Is it the idea to storyboards? Do you write a script? How, let's take you all back to like, the start of a project like this how, how does it begin for you and you know um I probably the least i mean maybe not the least traditional uh that's fine I, we, we I, want everyone's thing is yeah. different we just want you know if it's not a traditional way of doing it that's all good your your I'm, way I'm figuring it out uh and trying new things each time um for the mage specifically it was a, it was a i have a pull up a notepad like an evernote or physically a, a notepad um and the, the way for me that's worked the best as far as execute, getting shots down that I can execute uh, and uh, pulling the, the creative kind of like shots and uh, setups and, and character interactions, it really is just uh, kind of like a stream of consciousness, if you will, where I have the pen open and I just try to imagine in my head how I would have seen this scene that I have an idea for. And really just a general idea of Mage encounters a creature in the forest and uh, you know, has a, a combat sequence, but I try to picture how the movie would look in my head, and I really stream of conscious, uh, stream of consciousness, write down the, the thoughts and the shots, whatever descriptors I can give myself of angles or you know camera placement, and then of course what's going on at that time, and it really is just a you know wave of typing going in there, and um, it just bullet point, really just bullet points. So I've done that twice now where I've really I feel like I I don't know maybe it's just my thing where it really works out well for me and it's not a storyboard there's no visual aspect to mm-hmm. it but I try to be as descriptive in those uh bullet points that I'm writing down going through these kind of shots in my head um that really works well for me and the mage was was exactly that um mm-hmm. just a kind of a, a stream of whatever's going on in my head through words into into a notepad brilliant no, that's that's a that's a great way to do it. It's definitely yeah, definitely pays off. Um, I'm ju- I've just got it up on the screen now because we've I've been watching these uh, recently. Mm-hmm. But I thought um, we c- I'll just get it up on this screen as well to just talk about more specific parts of your workflow, uh, Connor. So 
Yeah. I guess let's. What about like uh, world building? Uh, is it straight up assets from marketplace? How do you sort of gather um, your assets? And what was the inspiration for this like theme and things like that? How did you come about that for the mage? For, for the mage, uh, well, I knew I wanted to do. I really like the idea of. Uh, I just watched Avatar. I think I was watching Avatar, kind of like preparing for Avatar two. Uh, and there's a scene in Avatar where they're uh, they're coming to meet uh, the Navi are coming to meet the humans, and there's like a, a horse gallop. And I'm right now I'm in a big phase, other than fantasy itself being kind of my focus. If you couldn't tell from the work. Uh, uh, I really love the ability to use horses in Unreal and, and characters is riding them. And I've got some mounting systems and, and things I'm trying to flesh out really, uh, really efficiently to be able to use. But anyways, I saw the scene in, in Avatar where there's a, a line of horses charging through the woods. I was like, I, I need to try that. I need to like put out some characters, try to get you know a bunch of them charging in the forest. Obviously, it didn't end up that way because we have a you know kind of a one on one in the mage. Uh, but that was the inspiration for it. I knew I wanted a forest, uh, and that was the uh, I think it's Maui M A W I the company that makes the uh, the conifer forest. And uh, I, I went into that one and uh, played around with the landscape and their their foliage tools and, and found a setup uh that uh that i like that would work for that scene again didn't end up as you know a gallop of uh you know 20 horses into a into battle but it was uh that's where the inspiration came from initially nice brilliant avatar 2 yeah that yeah that blew blew my mind um mm -hmm. avatar 2 recently incredible um but, uh, but yeah the, the mega scans uh the mega scans are definitely the bread and butter of it. There's, mm -hmm. there's uh, environments I do use or aspects of environments that I do use and assets within them. But I'd say you know eighty percent of what I, the, the worlds that I, I create are are using mega scan surfaces with displacement through the modeling tools inside of UE, um, mm -hmm. and then the uh, the tree pat you know the tree arbit black arbor trees and European hornbeam and all the foliage. It's just it, you have so much available to you. There's mm -hmm. I haven't run into anything yet. Uh, that I haven't been able to re recreate or or create Brilliant. in the first place. Brilliant. Um, yeah. and, and how about um, sort of like animations and stuff? What, where do you source your uh, anim clips? And you know, how did you find? I know this may not be in the first project that you worked on, but how did you find yeah. sort of creating like a scene like that with like pre-made uh, animations? Or did you do any like custom bespoke animations inside of Unreal Engine with like control rigs and stuff? Okay, yeah, I presume. So a little bit of everything. Uh, I, I'm in an endless search for a, a feasible, like indie uh, mocap solution at home, and uh, probably research it every day and have for the last you know six months. But uh, my work, especially with the mage and everything, is typically a combination of uh, Mixamo, Reillusion, mm -hmm. ActorCore samples, uh, or uh, animations that I'll bring it into Unreal and uh, usually modify pretty heavily with Control Rig. I really deal with MetaHumans the most because I just, the fact that they exist, they're free. It's the customization on them, especially with the uh, mesh to MetaHuman upgrade and, and just the fidelity of them. I love working with them. I feel like I've got a really good handle on it. So I stick with them and the Control Rigs on them are fantastic with the IK uh, capabilities. So taking a series of Mixamo animations or some uh, marketplace assets for, you know, the mages specifically, there are, uh, there's assets I got from there uh, for animation that are, 
just move around with the IK rig typically in relation to whatever the interaction the scene is. And you really, with enough curve editing and, you know, kind of meticulous keyframing and uh, yeah. subtractive uh, or additive uh, backwards solving animation tracks and everything, it's <laughs> it's really, I, it's hard to match the fluidity of uh, and realism of, of mocap, but you get pretty damn close with mm -hmm. those tools itself. Um, so yeah, it's it's typically Mixamo or Actor Core um, and Marketplace that I've tried to make work in the scene and then fit uh, or uh, modify with Control Rig to fit the uh, the specifics inside of a scene. Brilliant. Yeah, I was going to say. And, and how about the effects out Niagara? Was the because there's this the uh, the spells and stuff. Um, that's all inside Unreal Engine as well. Um, yeah, I, I presume. Yeah, and I. I have no experience as a composition artist or anything. So any kind of post is really limited to me lining up clips and, uh, <laughs> you know, adding in sound effects and, and a little, little bit of color. So all the, all the uh, VFX is in engine uh, through marketplace apps and Niagara tutorials and things I've yeah. you know, spent my time looking into. And um, that was a lot of fun because it's just fully customizable and seen with in sequencer. You can control, you know, timing events and, uh, parameters of, of the VFX itself. So I, I didn't want to do too much, but I definitely wanted to uh, put in enough towards the end of the, the battle that there's, there's a lot going on visually interesting to look at and uh, mm -hmm. intense, you know, to match, the, match the battle. So nice. I was very happy with it. And, and like I think the description says, it was really just a proof of concept of mm. working with them, how they look in a scene uh, with fast cuts and, and, you know, action and, uh, how it would look for my first time, kind of using that stuff. So, was that the um, first? Uh, which was which was the first um, project that you created in Unreal? Uh, so it's a project that's uh, kind of on the back burner now. Is it the Bain's Bridge one? Uh, Bain Bridge, yeah, Bain's Bridge. Bain Bridge. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that was a uh, yeah. It was just, it was a project that I definitely uh, bit off more than I could chew. Uh, well, that's got characters and me metahumans and yeah. facial and uh, a lot of uh, stuff going on for sure. So, yeah, you've definitely jumped into the, the deep end, Connor, yeah. but, I mean, yeah, that's I the way you learn how to strong. swim, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's it's something I, I'm, I will finish, uh, you know, within the next year, I, mm -hmm. I, I will. Uh, granted, I don't have any unexpected, you know, big projects or anything come up outside of personal stuff. Um, but, yeah, I... I I was so, uh, I kind of work in a linear fashion. You know, that's the beauty of Unreal is you're uh, compared to physical cinema and, and filmmaking. So you're working about, you're working with uh, efficiency and trying to make sure, you know, you got to shoot the end of the movie and the beginning of the movie at the same time. It's like, you better have it all figured out because if you're in the same location or whatever, same actors, mm. like you've got to get it done at the same time. Unreal, it's just a matter of opening scene files and mm -hmm. characters. So for somebody like me who changes the, plot and the context of the scenes and things as I go, uh, working in a linear fashion was, uh, is kind of still how I work for the most part, unless I have a really good idea, uh, or good handle on what a certain scene, maybe towards the end of whatever the project is, uh, what that looks like. And I want to jump into it right away. I work linearly. So with, uh, Bane Breach, I, uh, I had a great idea and then I started chipping away at it and I said, I'll, at this rate, I'll be able to finish this this time. 
which I believe was winter, you know, pretty much a month ago or so. And that was uh, the rate at which I was able to, to do it. Definitely exponentially got slower with the more involved I got with animating yeah. and the higher I put my own standards for facial animation and stuff. So uh, I had to kind of push that back to be able to start other stuff too. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, I just, I put everything in there that I was excited to use in Unreal Facial Animation and custom metahuman characters and marvelous designer clothing and all this stuff. And uh, that was a lot for, for a first project. You would not think that yourself has been working in 3D and Unreal Engine in, for, for around a year's time. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. There, there's that the thing. Yeah, I think I have a, a guilt of, uh, you know, tr throwing that out there in when I, when I post stuff online or when I talk to people, I try to, I try to avoid the whole like, Oh yeah, I've only been doing it for a year. Cause it seems, you know, with the internet and everything, it's like, I'm sure people kind of, uh, you know, maybe aren't, aren't super honest about how long they've been doing things, try to impress people with the time they've spent on whatever to, to appear yeah. like they're more efficient. Yeah, no, than they no, are, no, or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so I try to avoid it, but you know, I, I, I am very proud of, of yeah, it's incredible in a year. And my yeah, wife has been super encouraging through the whole process because, you know, like I said, this all started when I was just stay home dad doing this as a hobby. And, and for incredible. something like this and for how far I have uh, I've gotten so far, I mean, it's been a lot of time. So, you know, yeah. I, I, it's a balance of being a, a dad and, and a husband and uh, now, yeah. you know, working on personal projects. But uh, I put a, a crap ton of time into this and covering all aspects of, of making it so. Super proud of that, and it yeah. has been a a very busy year. That time has flown by during, and I've I've met a ton of awesome people. That uh, the three D community, especially with Unreal, is super small, uh, and everyone I've met creator wise, especially on YouTube and and uh, even within Epic, has just been been super encouraging to meet them, and, and mm -hmm. they've been helpful, and I've been able to give back as well. And it's been it's been a, a crazy year. I mean, we can touch on that briefly, actually, like that work-life balance of like, mm -hmm. you know, when when do you, you know, find time? I know you've got a busy life. You've got a uh, family. You've got four kids yeah. and things. How, how do you, how have you found over the year um, just balancing all that out? Uh, do you get locked away till 4 a.m. In, in, the, in yeah. the zone doing like an hour at a time or do you, when do you find the time? It's, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a lot, a lot less sleep than probably the average person, which I was already used to. I'm sure I'll regret that at some point, you know, catch up to me, but, but I'm like a four to five hour a night person, uh, and waking up early with the kids. So I have to, you know, I don't get the, the window maybe between seven and nine where there's, you know, some peace and quiet in the morning. You can kind of do your own stuff. So I really, my most creative time is, is around when people go to bed and when then mm -hmm. when I go to bed, so 12 to four, uh, and like I said, my wife has been super supportive. So outside of just late nights chipping away at this stuff, um, she's done, it's not the same as when I, you know, if I had said, hey, babe, I want to go play some video games, you know, it's working in 3D. She understood pretty early on after seeing my stuff that it was a, it was kind of moving from a hobby to a, a Brilliant. potential career. So I credit to her. She allows me to, uh, you know, work away at the stuff maybe when otherwise we'd be doing things together or, or we'd be taking on kids stuff together, you know, handling kids and, and doing activities with them. So while she's, you know, also working, she's stepped in to do that and it's given me time 
um, outside of just those late night hours of work away. So really whenever I can get the time uh, to, uh, to do this stuff throughout the day, at, you know, cause I am at home during the day and then uh, mm-hmm. those late nights. Awesome, man. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's, that's uh, yeah, great to have that support. And uh, yeah, it shows, man. You've you've got you've got a lot done. So fair play, Connor. Um, uh, just move for some coming back onto the mage then. Um, yeah. Was there um, camera work, cinematography? Did you find that you were just sort of discovering shots and 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 just coming up with them, or you know, because that's the beauty of the real time Unreal Engine. You, you find an angle, it's like, whoa, that'll look cool, or you know, because you've mm-hmm. got that kind of a high level finish on on the viewport um how did you go about camera work was there any fancy kind of uh, handheld stuff or is it all key key keyframed cameras uh and how did you go about finding your shots um i you've probably got a load of tossed away like shots that like "Eh, that was good at the start but you've got like a hundred throwaway shots that didn't make the cut there's always six variations of every shot because <laughs> yeah, of that's that's it's it's the the, the like duality of, of unreal or virtual cameras maybe in general and then mm. real time rendering is like this shot looks fantastic but it also looks really cool from here and then you throw in a dutch angle or you sweep around to the other side and you've got six variations of a shot and it i think part of it is picking my favorite part of it is sometimes you just end up on the last iteration and and you, you commit to it at that point, but that the maze specifically was, uh, and I'm, I'm by no means am drawing any comparisons, but, uh, Steven Spielberg from, uh, things I've read, it, it typically is the, uh, a director who goes through storyboards, uh, in the process and then essentially doesn't use them at a at really in the directing phase and the actual filming set. And when I heard that for the first time, I, I felt a lot of relief because I was like, I really don't use storyboards either. Even yeah. if I'm drawing them out, it's like the, the, the quickness that I move away from them and onto just reactionary filmmaking, I guess. Uh, I thought I was just bad at it in that, in the sense of uh, that I kind of like would leave the traditional uh, and established uh, storyboards. So I, it's really just playing around with camera and, uh, for the mage, yeah, for action shots like that, and and you don't know exactly where the best spot for the uh, camera to be when there's uh, animations you haven't used before going on, and uh, you're adjusting things to uh, to fit the timing of which the creature is running towards him, and you make sure it doesn't look like he's further away uh, based on where he was in the last shot in relation to the mage. All those little things. Uh, with like blocking, that would be kind of a nightmare, and especially when you're doing coverage shots and trying to get as much as you can, so that you're, you know, you have enough in the edit. Uh, with Unreal, it's you know making those adjustments and making iterations of shots is super easy. So a lot of it's just setting up and shooting and seeing what looks good, uh, and then moving a little bit and or going to the other side or or uh, trying a following camera instead of a static shot and things like that. Um, it's uh, it's laying it down and, and just rendering it out, seeing how it looks, and, and iterating from that point on. So storyboards are uh, not a not a valuable uh, tool for me beyond just the planning stage, really. That's that's great. That's very, that's interesting, and uh, yeah, it's it's just great to hear everybody's sort of way of you know making a short film. Some people storyboard, some people don't. Some people yeah, yeah find shots as they go, and I guess. The power of you know being able to be inside an engine with you know 
the quality that you can get and the, the real-time uh, feedback uh, in the viewport you can just explore and yeah like, like if you're on if you're on set and you you're a director and you come across something mm-hmm. on the day that you wouldn't have done if you were to stick to the storyboard you, you can sometimes yeah. restrict filmmakers so it's great to have that freedom to be in there and just find shots as if you were uh, on a set so yeah i it's it's I think a, one thing that probably separates you know really special directors and, and profound uh, directors who have you know are, make really great things is their ability to do that quickly. Mm. Uh, I've, I of course have the the luxury of not being on anybody else's time, not paying anybody else's wages, or having you know worrying about lighting and all that stuff. Uh, so you it, put it being put in their shoes, you know they have the ability to see a shot, like you said, in the moment, and uh, they have to be able to execute on that quickly. And mm. that's probably where a big degree of separation is between somebody who sees something and uh, could, you know, make, get that done in camera. And then somebody who sees something and is able to get it done quickly and execute it right on right then. Uh, and uh, digital filmmaking is definitely making that more accessible now with the mm-hmm. ability to just do it yourself on your own time. Yeah, and there's, a lot of late nights where I feel like I wasted an hour or two just moving cameras around and clicking keyframes and like, what am I doing? It's 4 a.m. I need to go to bed. Did, out of interest, when you first was playing in Unreal Engine, uh, Connor, did you find yourself just kind of sitting there for a while playing with, you know, depth of field and focus pulls? And because it's just so cool to be able to just, you know, and you, you get, maybe get nothing, nothing done at the end of it, but it's just so, uh, you know, great to be able to to get that level quality mm-hmm. uh, on, on on the screen i found yeah. myself just sort of spending a couple of hours just playing around with yeah just a camera and just looking oh yeah well that looks that looks cool like yeah you know put some atmospheric fog in there like whoa that looks great some right. reflections and it's, it's like incredible, a man. when you it, when i first don't you know moved outside of just following strictly word by word what the tutorial is saying and, and exploring it. it's like the fact that you have a camera you can move around and and uh customize pathing for and everything is great and you then like you said you f- you figure out what depth of field is i know i know what i like to see in film uh but i had no technical knowledge of the focal lengths and yeah. depth of field itself i you know i knew the concept but actually you know getting that and how it compares to your aperture and yeah. and uh and everything but uh so you just you, you think this was cool, and then you discover another layer to it, and that yeah. totally changes your i you know idea of how cool the camera was before, and then you keep going down that road of uh, you know then you open up focal lengths and and then how it relates, and then the aspect of yeah, lighting well. and it's yeah you could just drive around with your camera with yeah. especially one of those pre-made scenes that Epic mm. provides uh, that's properly built, lit up, and everything you just. The, the sense of being a director was was uh, really really cool. Nice man. Flying that camera around. Yeah, big time. Um, okay, that's great. So I mean, uh, the, the mage. I mean, I think we've covered like yeah, your your workflow and and things. Was, was there anything on that project that was just a, a pain in the ass to to do? Or do you remember anything yeah. that was like that was a bitch, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's in there. If you look closely, it's. It, it, it's one of those things that I had to just decide to, to move on with to get it done. And really, I looked into fixes for it, uh, and it wasn't. It just wasn't going to be worth the time to uh, 
to put in, invest into it to, to actually resolve it. But if you look closely at some of the scenes, you'll see the head floats off the body a little bit. Uh, oh, it is a uh, my my typical workflow process with characters will be uh, metahumans either with uh, clothes design and marvelous designer and simulated real time mm -hmm. or pre rendered out as cloth simulations. Or uh, you take a 3D asset uh, from Marketplace, CG Trader, Turbo Squid, Sketchfab, um, and you you actually attach the metahuman head to it, so you get the full facial rig uh, and the the quality. Uh, and that thing would not stay on the body for the life of me. I I've done it a, a lot with different characters. Some work great, some don't. That one, uh, and especially with the hood on top of his head too getting that to stop, you know, not clip through and, and oh. things like that is really tough. And that head, especially in those scenes where the he's moving, he's doing his incantation and, and uh, spell casting, uh, a lot of neck movement and moving around. <laughs> You'll notice the neck the, begins I, to separate. I've, I've, noticed it, I've, no, I've noticed it now. I've watched it back and looked at that, you know, bit of the jaw. I didn't notice it before, uh, and I've watched it a, a few times. But now, now, now I can see yeah. it. It's only like huge pain in the ass. Yeah, now, it's it's interesting, to, you know, just the the real side of, especially with, um, you know, as you're discovering things like this, it's interesting to see uh, what kind of, you know, obstacles you 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 faced along the way and how you got yeah. uh, how you got around them. But yeah, you definitely. Got I, around. I, I think for people that would notice it and have a problem with it, I had a. I think there was an understanding I had where. <laughs> If you are, if you know what the process is of putting a metahuman on a body, uh, and you notice that it would be something that you maybe looked at for a second and either scoffed or laughed at, and it wouldn't be a, a deal breaker of like, okay, this is this yeah. is terrible now. I don't like this anymore because you know the neck didn't stay on for this one little scene or whatever. So it was a pain in the butt to me. I really, I figured after asking my wife to watch it, my daughter watch it, and like, did you notice anything? And they said no. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good with that. It's been enough of a pain in the butt. Uh, outside of that, not really, not really much. I, uh, the, I feel good in my workflow of animation and, and putting those characters in the environments. And nice. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty much it. I mean, I'm, time's flying. It's 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 great uh, talking to you. Uh, I know. We was going to go through four, but I mean. It's in my house, too. Um, <laughs> they're either doing, my kids are either very well behaved right now or something's Horribly wrong. <laughs> Something's wrong. We'll find out shortly. Um, I'll tell you what. What about? Um, oh, there we go. Forest. Um, uh, so, so this was um, a project, uh, a minute and a half, and this was. Am I right in saying um, part of Unreal Engine? You were given an asset pack to make a short from. Yeah, that was right for this, wasn't it? So this is a very heartfelt um, <laughs> short. Uh, yeah, yeah. And c can you go? You know, into detail of uh, you know your, your thoughts, process, um, similarities to other ones, and what was the workflow like on this one, and what was the inspiration? So I short? there's a song, uh, "Song of the Siren" by Rose Betts that I remember hearing during Zack Snyder's Justice League, but uh, that I, I had not heard before, and uh, super just, I just it touched me. I was really, really wanted to. Uh, Put something visually to it and this is before i ever knew about the contest uh okay. because it just you know it, it's one of those songs that, that in in your head or in my head at least uh i, I like I kept seeing you know different storylines playing out uh as it as it went on so when this came out and there's a of the prompt for the forest 
the McKenna Studios uh, gave. Uh, I had already been working on Bane Breach with medieval stuff, uh, so I was very comfortable with the character concept, the the ruins concept, the forest concept, and everything. Uh, and it all really came together. Um, and I cut the song. I knew it was ninety seconds, so I, I the song is longer than that. I, I cut it and. I wasn't sure whether to, to fully commit to that concept yet. And then the song where the, I put the cut in required no editing at all. It really flowed perfectly. Right. It stopped at like one minute, 29 seconds. Uh, so I took that as a sign to, to just do it. But it was, a, it was I, wanted, I wanted to kind of venture out into the uh, idea of, of grief. And maybe it's Game of Thrones that did it to me. But uh, I, I'm really fascinated by intensity and, and the emotion that uh, a story and, and filmmaking can pull out of you when you don't get what you typically, or you, do, yeah, you don't get what you want. You're not given the ending uh, that we're so used to with traditional storytelling and fairy tales and especially in fantasy and stuff where the good guy beats the bad guy or, um, mm-hmm. or in this case where the, the father does, you know, defeat the monster and it just, is a little bit, you know, just too late to, to stop uh, a tragedy. So I wanted to touch on that. I, I is a very short time to put in the full story that I had storyboarded out. And this was the first time I had really storyboarded something start to finish. Cause I knew I only had a month to do this. I also went to Mexico for a week and a half in the middle of it. So I had, my time was super limited. Um, and, uh, I did the storyboard and just went and went for it. So two metahumans, a provided a uh, creature to kind of be the uh, antagonist there, in the environment itself. So that was a workflow wise, uh, a fairly quick environmental setup, a lot of focus on uh, the cloth simulation for the close-ups and, and the, the character shots where, you know, I know it's like I wanted emotion to be the focus of it. Uh, and despair and grief to be that emotion. And and that's all going to be in the face a a little bit in the body acting, but, uh, and you can tell, and I, I, when I look at it myself and rewatch it, uh, the face is clearly where I focus because I think there's a lot of room for improvement with body language and, and that animation stuff. Uh, but yeah, a lot of focus on, on the metahuman faces and facial animation without any actual speaking roles, just, you know, uh, reacting to what's going on with, uh, expressions and whatnot. Brilliant, brilliant. And and so it's marvelous designer. Is that um like, I mean I'm not familiar with that workflow, but is it like cashed out from marvelous designer and then brought back in, and that's where you get all the, the simulation? Um, yeah, you you take for, your for character and, stuff. Uh, and export uh, an animation with a, a a mesh, whether it's your character itself or what I usually do, which is a basically a skin down version of a metahuman. So you don't have uh, corners and, and uh, a lot of polygon edges grabbing onto the clothing, but it's really just a matter of sending them Marvelous with an animation, uh, applying your your outfit, and then letting Marvelous simulate real-world physics onto that, uh, onto the clothing itself, bringing it back nice. into Unreal as a, a geometry cache, and then just sticking that in your sequencer. So the, the workflow is super simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, I, I I'm married to cloth dynamics because it really the immersion is uh, is unmatched for even chaos cloth system and Unreal blenders. I mean Houdini and you know Marvelous and maybe C4D, but you know Marvelous is really there's a reason it, it's really the only one out that's standalone mm-hmm. that 
that's uh so successful it's just it's a great program brilliant and 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 so so the the creature was provided as well was, was that was that right so yeah. was there anything else that you could have added in or is he you chose literally what was on what was on the menu yeah i didn't want to i wanted to make sure i was working within the constraints of uh of what was provided uh a lot a, a lot of questions were asked on the the server the McKenna studio server about what i can use and you know they they did open it up to using anything but uh i figured remaining true to the to the rules and making yeah. it you know a it, it really didn't care that much about the competition aspect of it. I really just wanted to create and was inspired by uh, the concept. And I work quickly when I'm given boundaries and rules. So yeah. I stuck to those to be able to get it done. Because if I give myself the opportunity to use whatever I want, it would have never been, <laughs> never been finished nice. at all. So, so, so that um, that competition, can you just tell us about that? You were you know, given a month, you uh, mm-hmm. you, you won it. What what was the um what was the prize for for this competition out of interest? Yeah, it was, it was 30, 30 days or so. We had a, we had a time to plan, which was nice. Uh, but oh, we yeah. didn't know exactly what assets we were getting yet and everything. Um, but yeah, thirty days. Like I said, I took a vacation in the middle of it and got back, got right back to work. Um, and uh, it was really really awesome to hear, you know, about winning. I placed second place in a competition run by Jonathan Winbush previously. So uh, I was very hungry to, to not get second again. Uh, I, and I just said I didn't care about the competition that much. I am just competitive by nature. So I did uh, still a little bit, but uh, it was great. I got a uh, one-year subscription to, um, oh gosh, what was it? Uh, Facewear. Uh, oh, nice. So, yeah, Epic Marketplace credits, which... Uh, Still waiting on. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, I've been on Twitter with with Unreal. Uh, going Where's, my Where's my credit? Where's my credit? Do a credit. Yeah, <laughs> they said it will help you out with that. And I keep sending messages once a week, going, "Hey, hey. no, you, I don't blame you. you keep keep prodding, Connor, because uh, you I'm deserve that credit. So, yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that and then uh, you know, John McInnes, the owner of the studio, is. Uh, was planning to make a, a compilated short film in in some way of these scenes or maybe just one area of these scenes. Uh, so there's always, he's also offered the, uh, there's a $2,000 deferred fee if your film is chosen for that. Um, that's a little, you know, that's not a bad bonus and no, potential prize even down the road um, for, for completing something like that. So if anybody out there is thinking about competing in any of these small competitions, even if you feel like you're out of your depth, which I constantly, you know, feel like imposter syndrome and everything, it's, uh, it's absolutely worth it. If you don't, not, not only just from learning, uh, to work in time constraints and and with specific, uh, assets and scenarios, but, uh, you couldn't win. And I, 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 I surely didn't expect it. And I had no idea what kind of competition I was up against. And I knew other than a few artists who also submitted that I'd seen around and some that I had uh, struck up relationships with that were really talented. So mm-hmm. uh, it felt special to win that. And uh, it, it, it kind of came in at a really cool time for me where uh, I just posted a, a video called the Aryanoth on LinkedIn, which I'd never used until I started doing 3D stuff and has proved a very valuable tool for me to, to find and connect with people and, and work. Um, 
but that was blowing up AD level covered it and um i on the same day AD level posted that article i got the email that i had won the competition and then i had gotten a message from somebody on linkedin saying hey we are in baltimore i'm on the east coast of the united states uh which is very far away from where 99% of people are in three, the 3D, uh, you know, uh, industry in the U.S. So I'm closer to you probably than I am to them in California. Uh, so a studio from Baltimore reached out and uh, said they were working on a, a feature-length film in Unreal. Uh, they saw my LinkedIn post and and would love to to bring me in to to see cool, how man. we'd work together. And that is where I currently am now uh, as a lead cinematographer. Amazing. for that film uh, so, so that, that just, competition win was like it all came together whoa. at the same time Insane. well it was well deserved connor honestly uh, well well deserved so now you've got um a full-time job role doing uh, real engine stuff part-time because uh, uh still staying at home with the kids and oh, of course uh, yeah very lucky to be uh able to work remotely you know with discord mm-hmm. slack and and unreal and perforce uh Oh, is that the workflow that you run? Perforce, brilliant. Yeah, it's it's all possible, and it's you really don't lose anything outside of maybe the subtleties of of in person interaction. But communication wise, uh, it has presented zero uh, issues, and in fact, letting people work, I think myself especially in, in an environment where they are most comfortable, allows me to to get the most done and, and work the best. Nice man, that's. So good, so good. I'm very, uh, very, very lucky and very fortunate, and very thankful too. Well, you know what? You put the work in, Connor. So, um, you know, you put it in, uh, put in the hard work, and you get the results. So, uh, yeah, it's all down to you and uh, yeah, the, the family allowing you to, you know, supporting. So, well, well deserved, Connor. And Thanks, man. I appreciate incredible. that. And this is like asking every Canadian if they've heard of Nickelback, but maybe not exactly the same. But have you heard of Sleep Token? And I haven't, but okay. maybe you, uh, Stephen, who you spoke to earlier, may have. He's he's more into music and bands. I only ask because UK. Uh, I know it's very broad, but uh, I so will I will ask him. If not, we'll really put it on bands. Spotify. And uh, they're uh, they put out a few songs recently. One of them kind of ran into a similar situation with uh, with uh, the short film contest song they oh. used, uh, "Song of the Siren." So I'm working on a music video now. In an the summoning. capacity, the summoning. Oh, we've uh, got that on here actually. I was gonna, I was gonna touch on that. Yeah. The um, a lot of uh, yeah, facial performance. Not an entire facial performance here. We're really just working nose and below, uh, which has allowed sure. me to yes, focus on improving my mask. my mouth and it. That's definitely been like a, a big aspect of the uncanny valley thing with metahumans and unreal is right. uh, the mouth and subtleties in the mouth. So. Yeah, the song is it's a fantastic song. It's uh uh really inspired me in, in kind of visually as I listened to it, uh what a what a video would look like for it and really just what was kind of playing through my head as I listened to it. And uh the whole concept of the band itself, the, they're like an anonymous band that you know, masked and and painted in, in ways. Uh and in somehow just not gimmicky whatsoever. Uh and I really bought into to their concept. So uh, I wanted to make a video on it, and as I created the character and did some metahuman skin texturing, it just the ball was rolling, and it, it went from this is a fun concept to uh, I, I'm going to do this whole thing on uh, as my next you know personal project. The uh, the video itself 
uh, is a very simple scene where I've done the facial animation because it's just him standing in fairly, you know, the, an empty space with some, some fire VFX in the background and some, uh, some, a five point lighting system. Yeah. So I, I got a bridge. This is, a uh, initially the, uh, pre-made map by Epic, uh, goddess temple. And I really love the, the bridge to like, a broken down cliff, uh, concept. And it worked really well in the story that I was writing. So, uh, I have this all set up here with uh, a bunch of lights. Starts to transform into something else. And uh, Stephen Fauché's Easy Fog, if I can plug that, is oh, easy a fog. super yeah. cool tool. So I just cool. finally used it. I had a chance to use it in this project. And uh, all the tool, all the fog scattering cards everywhere um, are fantastic. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of them. Uh, it's not been near. It's not been impossible to get fog in, into. Your scenes before this, but it's the yeah. ease of customization and doing it super cool. Um, but I have uh, a bunch of stuff in here that I was working on last night and continue to work on with uh, plot dynamics cool, and close ups. Oh, that look cool! Animation. Very, cool, man. And I'm very excited to see uh, see this go on. And there will be a big battle scene. A lot of stuff I learned making the mage will be put to use here on this land bridge uh, on the character's way to. Uh, to the actual uh, uh, area over there under the, the skull thing, and that it's going to be really cool. That looks more than, yeah, that looks ice, man. Thanks, man. That I appreciate looks it. so cool. So it'll oh, be another step into VFX, uh, uh, more, another step into facial animation mm -hmm. uh, with an improvement, hopefully, across the board. And then, you know, obviously, this the filmmaking aspect of it, too. It just I, I'm trying to constantly be aware of... Uh, what looks good in a film compared to how what looks good in like a, a game cinematic mm -hmm. uh, and trying to bridge the gap between those two where I, I'm not trying to fool anybody uh, because at, at the end of the day, there's still a lot of giveaways with Unreal itself as a renderer, metahumans and, and things where, you know, they, yeah. they can be, you can be, uh, you can set up things in a way that, that can give a, a sense of reality. But I like, you know, the idea that, the viewer knows that this is still a 3d animation. It's just, yeah. it, it's something that will make somebody, uh, you know, say this is really cool that this is possible at this, you know, sent at this level of realism, uh, yeah. where I'm not worried about their immersion breaking when something doesn't look exactly the same as real life, uh, mm -hmm. but somewhere in the middle. So that's, uh, I, there's a lot of aspects of this project that allow me to kind of go into that. Maybe a future episode, um, part two with yourself, Connor, to talk about, you know, that project and when it's fin. I talk a lot, so probably if you'll have me. I would be absolutely, man. We'll, we can we can get you back on and, and we can talk about that project maybe specifically. That would be would be great because it's looking yeah. it's looking ice, man. Um, Thank you. I guess then, Connor, we can literally wrap up on a final question. Okay. And if there's anything that any thoughts that you want to add in, feel free to add in. But um, um, advice for anyone stepping into the world of Unreal Engine uh, to make a short film, maybe for the first time, um, like yourself, any advice that you've that you can give? Or um, things to consider. I would I would say uh, if I could go back and, and tell myself anything as I'm kind of learning this stuff is that uh, is is make as much you know make as much as you can because for every everything that you make that's bad uh i promise there will be at least one or more lessons you learn from it uh techniques you can 
pull away. Maybe the concept as a whole sucks at the end of the day. The story wasn't good to begin with, but there's technical things you can pull out of that that uh, you'll take with you. And uh, it's so exciting to to be able to play around this stuff, at least for somebody who's you know doing this for the first time. So I, I would I would hope that people getting into it uh, kind of hold on to the if they kind of you know, maybe get thrown off their path or kind of get a little tired of it is, is to try something new so they don't lose that excitement. Mm-hmm. That every time I'm able to tap into that excitement, uh, I make something that I'm proud of and, and pushes, uh, yeah, the level of creativity and, and, and what I've uh, come to know is, is possible within the engine. So, so that's probably it, yeah. That's a good piece of advice for sure. That's great. Yeah. And just okay, support, other, support other other creators. Yes, that's that's important for sure, man. Yeah, 3D is super small. You see incredible stuff on YouTube, Vimeo, and it'll blow your mind, and you'll you'll think like this is this must be huge, like this is massive, and you'll go down the bottom of the video and see three and a half thousand views, <laughs> and you're like, this is you know Hollywood level, like this is better than you know half the movie movies that were put out in the last five yeah. years or these sequences and. Uh, the more you support each other and, and we can, you know, hold each other up, the mm-hmm. uh, the bigger this will all get and, and the happier everybody will be. Nice, man. No, great, great point to end on, uh, Connor. And I just want to say, yeah, that flew by, actually, and that was an absolute pleasure talking to you, Connor. It was, it was fascinating. Absolutely, so man. I really appreciate your time. And, Thanks uh, for having thank me. You. Anytime, man. And hopefully we'll get you back on uh, yeah. another episode in the future. Absolutely. Okay, well... I just want to say all the best with personal projects, professional projects, anything that yeah. you do um, inside and on outside Unreal Engine. All the best, Connor. Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate okay. it, man. All right, man. Okay. Cheers, Connor. Have a good day, man. Yep. You too, bud. Bye, buddy. See you. Bye, mate. If you're looking for more conversations like this and can't wait for the next episode, head over to our YouTube channel at Big Tooth Studios or follow the link in the episode description.